let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we have got what looks like a child's birthday party in front of us. Yeah, we have. We've got, <laughs> we've got bowls of sweets, although I wouldn't want fruit if I was going to a birthday party, but still, we've got bowls of sweets, bowls of fruit, we've got some waffles, and we've got what can best be described as a menagerie of beers, which is not your normal lineup. Not really, no. So, um, the, the, the basic premise of the show that we're going to do this week is we're, we're looking at flavours. Yes. Aren't we? So um, we had this uh, brainwave. I was going to say a moment. Okay. Which we decided to stick with. Okay. Well, we had a moment where um, I suggested, wouldn't it be fun to try flavoured beers alongside the foods that they're supposed to taste like? That's essentially what we're trying to do tonight. Yeah. And maybe the best way to describe this premise is to... The first beer. Get into it, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I, we can describe the beer. Okay, yeah. And that'll Abs- still give absolutely. an idea. Cheers. So, cheers. That's... That smell... Right, so the beer we've got is Vocation and Yeasty Boys. Uh, Breakfast Club Waffle and Blueberry Breakfast Stout, which comes in at 6.9%. I've definitely had this before. I've had it before. It's become a real staple of mine. Does it smell different to you to when you last had it? It does. It smells a little bit sweeter. Yeah. You, the fruit nose is definitely on the aroma winning out. Yeah. It has got sweet. There's there's a bit of um, maybe a little bit of caramel in there. A hint of toffee, possibly. I think you start to get that toffee flavour coming through when you start drinking it as well. Yeah. But it's definitely got more of the... Still got a bit of dryness there. It's, so it's, I mean, it's sweet on the palate as, as, as well, but it's... Um, I mean, this has become a real fridge staple of mine. Uh, which is a bit of a surprise. Because it's so widely available. Because it's, in, it's quite sweet, quite hefty at 6.9. It is, but it's it actually feels... I've always found it feel quite light in, in, in the mouth. It hasn't got that big mouth feel, which... Um, so, I mean, the ingredients. Uh, yeast is Vermont. Okay, so it's, that's, a, that's a New England juice. Yeah, uh, hops Willamette. Um, I'm not. I know I've probably had beers with Willamette in it, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. But no, no, me reminds either. me. And the malts just say speciality malts, which I suppose is is fine. I love this. This beer is unpasteurized and naturally hazy. You can't see through it. It's dark. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is as black as night. Yeah, isn't it? you're holding it up to the line. You can't see through yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, so essentially. Um, to pair with this one, we have got some waffles and blackberries. Blueberries. Blueberries. I keep saying blackberries, don't I? Yeah. All right, so waffles and blueberries to see if we can get some indication that there is a link between what the beer says we should be getting and actually the real foods themselves. And so instead of just doing that as a one-off beer and food pairing, we've got five food and beer pairings. Yes. Yeah, and as always... They go up in ABV. Oh, to, yeah. To, towards the end. Go silly, stupid. Yeah. Because we don't think about that. And, and what we're finishing with is... Bonkers. Absolutely ridiculous, yeah. So let's um, let, let's get into our first food pairing, which is which is a waffle. It's a Belgian waffle and blueberries. Now, um, I, a confession to the listeners. I've, I've never eaten a blueberry before, apart from in a muffin. 
So, so, so this is an absolute. First this is a live. And, and live. people that know me know that I'm really fussy with food as well. So, this this is going to go one or two ways. I should probably also apologise to people who don't like us eating on air. Yeah, sorry. Um, that was quite nice, actually. What did you think of the blueberry? It's all right, actually. Yeah, there you can't go. believe I've never tried a blueberry before. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Right, I'm going to have a little bit of a swig of the beer. I'm not getting massive actual blueberry and waffle from the beer. Not having had it, the blueberry and waffle, two seconds beforehand. I mean, maybe it's more characteristics. No, the flavours are very different. Yeah. Aren't, aren't they? I mean, there is there is the sweetness and the slightest hint of the, the tart blueberry. Yeah, I was going to say there's a little bit of sharpness. And, and there's the toffee kind of caramel-ness that... The waffle that could probably be related to the waffle, um, but I wouldn't say it's a it's an exact match. No. So at the moment, we've still got quite a bit of the beard to get through anyway. But for me, it's more characteristic, shared characteristics in places than out and out. Hmm. And I don't think, with the exception of maybe one beer tonight, I don't think any of the beers have actually been made with the things we're pairing them with but they're they're supposed to be have like you say have those characteristics, have those characteristics. Of, of the things we're pairing them with so this certainly has been made i don't believe this has been made with waffles and blueberries inspired by one of our favorite breakfast blueberry waffles this indulgent and full-body stat has a sweet multi-body topped with rich fruit flavors it's breakfast in a can um oh and it does have uh, blackberry vanilla and cinnamon Oh, and blueberry. So okay. In- interesting you kept saying... Blackberry. Blackberry, and there is actually blackberry in it. Yeah, I wonder if that was subconscious or not. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so they have got some elements of what you'd expect... Okay. ...to be in there. I mean, we're having the waffles plain as well. We're having nothing else on them. It's not like... No. ...drizzle of maple syrup or anything I, th- I think, like yeah. I think, I think maybe a, a drizzle of maple syrup would, would have brought this closer to the yeah. the characteristics of the beer but I reckon it never said maple syrup and we've tried to be quite strict as, well, as, as close as we can yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the waffles are quite nice though I'm enjoying the waffles actually they're, they're, they are really quite nice God, this could be a calorific evening it's going to be massive <laughs> massively so with some of the stuff that, 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 that other fruit's going to be quite welcome yeah um, okay so while we finish off uh, this beer um, what have you been up to mate since the last show what what beery adventures have you been on well I suppose the first one to mention is um, at the weekend I reacquainted myself with my beloved Adnams cask ghost ship which oh. apparently according to untapped I'd missed out for three months oh because I don't live near places which have Kong's ghost ship these days. But I was up in Milton Keynes and they had it in spoons when I went out to meet mum and dad for lunch. Oh, nice finding spoons yeah, as Nice well. finding spoons, yeah. I was pleased with that I one. But the old vouchers got a bash in then, didn't um, they? I used one or two and I did donate the rest to my dad. Okay. So let's see, where it was, that was Saturday recording Monday. They're gone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but I did... Um, it was uh, a few days ago. It was uh, mine and Michelle's birthday. And we shared a few beers. Um, and the highlight of one of those beers on our birthday was Firestone Walker Velvet Merkin 2017, an Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Although coming in at eight and a half percent. Oh right, okay. So not as big as you might Fairly expect it to one. be. Yeah. yeah. I think we've had this discussion before, and obviously Sean joined us on that Twitter thing, didn't he? And I've always felt you should be closer to the ten percent mark in yeah, my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. It was absolutely 
delicious. So much so that I gave it a four and a half. You know, I thought you was going to say you just smashed out five there, mate. That generally only goes towards those beers I'm going to session. So I have oh, given is, it a Is this still your, the, the, the new internal untapped rule yeah, of yours? Though? Yeah, that t- it took me a long it's time. Got, it's got to be sessionable to be a five. For me. And it took a while to get to that, for me to get to that stage, as you know. Yeah, yeah, for you to start dishing out the fives. Uh, yeah, but you won't find many of them on there. Um, so yeah, the, um, that was definitely a highlight. And uh, this is where we may differ a little bit. I had um, the Northern Monk Honor West Coast Triple IPA, which comes in at 10.5%. Yeah, I've revisited that this weekend. I've had a couple of cans, and um, I personally really enjoyed it. But I don't think you've enjoyed it as much as me, have you? I, I, I haven't. Um, it is perfectly West Coast until a point, and then this sweetness kicks in that that just isn't needed in in my opinion and I, and I think it actually I think it actually ruins the whole beer this sweetness on the finish it's up front it's piney it's resinous it's it's all bitter and 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 then this, like I said there's just this little bit of sweetness kicks in and it, it's just it just unbalances the whole thing for me um, I agree there was some sweetness at the end but it didn't unbalance it for me because I always found that with some West Coast IPAs you'd get an initial sweet hit. I just feel like they did it in reverse. I felt like the bitter piney was like straight away and there was a, I found it a mild sweetness at the end, which is a bit of a surprise because you're more of a sweet tooth than me mm. and probably indulge more in the sweet side of foods. Um, but yeah, I found it quite a mild sweetness in the end, but um, but I still found it a very nice beer and it's nice to see, to see, start seeing these uh, West Coast IPAs come out from some of the... Yeah, because it seems to be a bit of a craft. trend now, doesn't it? Yeah. A West Coast... And they're now being labelled as West Coast IPA, yes. whereas in the past they would have just been called an IPA. Yeah, because you would have assumed it was a West Coast. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind so much, you do need to differentiate these days. And then another another one I want to give a shout out to is, um, I tried, I think it's my first duration beer. Um, they, did a, they did a stout called Ebb and Flow, and... It, that was a collab with someone, wasn't it? Uh, it may well have been, however it doesn't appear to be on my spreadsheet. Which I downloaded and tied But for the up. listeners at home, Martin does have a spreadsheet in front of yes, me. Yes, I do have a spreadsheet in front on of me. On a piece of A3 paper, no less. Yeah, it's not A4. It's, and it's he's uh, downloaded untapped. Is this just for the last two weeks? Yeah, but I check in everything. I, uh, yeah. So I, mean, I haven't filled it down to unique. There's a lot of lines on that. There is a lot of lines on there. However, uh, I found it was just um, a really nice straight down the line stout. Still had a bit of sweetness on it. But I don't think anything was added to it. So it was just a stout, 6.5%, really drinkable. Mm. I would definitely revisit that one again. Um, as for places I've been, I don't think I've actually been to many beery places. I said it was our birthday recently, but both of us have come off the back of a cold or still in a cold, so we didn't really go out too much. And um, so beery adventures have been more confined to the beer beer cellar. Yeah. So uh, what about what about yourself, Steve? Well, it's a it's a bit of a reversal. You yeah oh exactly you have actually been out. I've, and actually, I've actually been out. Twice. You've been on the road, haven't you? I've been out twice, unbelievably. Um, so day after we recorded the last podcast, we had our fourth birthday bottle share, which you 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 were taking poorly the day after, so you didn't you didn't make it. Yeah, I was feeling like crap. Um, man, it was a hell of a share. Uh, oh fuck, we're we gonna t- oh. Sh- yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I've got, I've got to. 
I've seen so many pictures and now I'm going to I've, hear it. I've, I've got to. No, so go for it. We were, um, we were joined by a guest that, ironically, you arranged the guest as, as well. Well, to, I definitely had a hand in him coming along. Um, to come to the bottle share. So we had um, Josh join us, uh, formerly of um, Goose Island. Goose Island brand ambassador. Yeah, uh, who you would have heard on a way early episode. Yeah, back of in 2016. Opinions. Uh, so Josh came along and joined us, but he didn't, he didn't come alone. He brought very six very special little friends with him as as well, which was uh, essentially the entire uh, Bourbon County brand stout range from 2018. So, um, oh, what like coffee? So all the variants. So he didn't he didn't bring the original version. So, so but, but what we did get, we got the, the there was an orange version. There was a uh, bramble and rye version. There was a vanilla version. There was uh, a wheat wine version. There was a barley wine coffee version. And then there was the proprietor's version as well, which is basically uh, an even more limited edition that the brewers get to select each year what adjuncts they put in it. So last year, it was like banana and nuts or something. So I'm so glad we missed that one, I'm going to be honest. But this year, it was, it was essentially Bourbon County Stout with cacao nibs, chocolate, cacao nibs, and more cacao nibs. Bloody hell. So it was, it was like triple chocolate Bourbon County Stout. Was it, was it bitter as well? A little bit. It was like, you know when you get that re- those really good chocolate truffles... That have got like a dust of chocolate. Oh on yeah, them. and that's the, like the almost like cocoa powder. Yeah, it, it was like drinking a liquid version of, of those. Now, it was it was difficult to sort out who got to drink what because there were six bottles, there were fifteen of us, and the bottles were only five hundred mils, so not everybody was going to get a pour of everything. No, otherwise every that drink. would be a really small. Pour. So Josh devised some lottery system where you drew out two things from a hat and they, they were the two paws that you got somehow I got to try them all <laughs> I, I might have been mind sweeping oh dear um, no there was actually there was a lot of swapping going on because some people pulled out something that they didn't want and there was a lot of sharing so I actually think quite a lot of people got to try all of the different variants um, but they were incredible I mean they, they tasted so if I'd been there no one would have wanted so to swap with me <laughs> good and, and I can only imagine that for people that have got that entire set and I think Josh said as far as he was aware that's the first time the entire set has been drunk together outside of the States so and that took place in Chelmsford in Essex yeah in the fourth birthday bottle share and I was too ill and, to go and, and you missed it yeah so I, to be fair as well as not wanting to infect other people they probably would have been a bit lost to me. You know when you have you a cold, have tasted them, yeah. the aroma yeah. and the palate, two of the things that go straight away, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't, I'm sure if a couple of them with those big bold flavours would have come through, but I wouldn't have got the same from them. No, I don't think so. So I, I do just want to say a massive thank you to Josh for coming along and for bringing the beers with us. But he did stay for the entire evening as well. And our birthday bottle shares are usually a bit of a messy affair, especially when there were 15 of us there, because essentially what you do is normally at bottle, our bottle shares, we work out the order of the drinks. Yep. So they're, in, they're kind of done in a sensible way. Um, at the birthday event, we put names in a, in, in a glass. When you pull your name out, you go to the bar and you buy something 
from the fridges. So, which is our way of saying thanks Yeah, so we A-house. don't actually bring bottles on the birthday share. Yeah. We, we buy from the Owl House as a thank you to them for hosting us all year. So, so consequently, you're jumping around ABVs, styles all over the place and it does... Tend. Was there any horrid choices? Because um, that has happened. No, there weren't. There, there were solid choices this year and I think part of the reasoning for the solid choices is because the Owl House is bottled and can selection has, has, has just gone up in quality it's fantastic so much in the last yep. year uh, I mean the choices that we had available to us hats off to Terry for that yeah it's it just and it keeps increasing as, as well which is which can only be a good thing oh yeah and you know he knows that we're going to dip in every now and again anyway yeah. Uh, but yeah it did look like it was a good evening I mean that, there was it sounded like uh, there was a few sore heads the next morning yeah, very much so. I mean, it's uh, and and be, because again, because we wanted to uh, in in that kind of spirit of generosity, we were buying like three or four of each from the bar as well. Yeah. So uh, again, rather than getting the normal, we no, I say we normally probably get between fifty and a hundred mil pours yeah. at Bottle Share. A, a few of the drinks we were closing in on thirds, almost halves. In, in terms of the size of the pours that we, we were getting. So it, it was it was a great night. No, it does sound good fun. Yeah. Good. So what was your second outing? Um, <laughs> this is going to upset you as well. Probably. <laughs> I don't know why I bothered asking. Um, I went to the Vic oh. <laughs> again. Um, my new local that was <laughs> your old local now um, because they were hosting the... Do you reckon they put a blue pack outside about the beer o'clock show? They might do. Both, both, of, Between both, us. both of the hosts frequented this place <laughs> from year to year. Um, they were hosting the Tiny Rebel birthday bash. So uh, in addition to yourself and Michelle having your birthday in the last week, it's also Tiny Rebel's birthday and it's also Beavertown's yeah. birthday as well, all, all around the same time. And I think Tiny Rebel turned seven this yeah. year. So they had done seven collab beers uh, with seven different breweries all with all sorts of different flavours and, and, and things in them. Um, so uh, I, I went down and um, worked my way through all seven of the beers. Um, initially, the vicar said they were going to do the beers over the weekend, and then it, it, the forecast was for quite a nice weekend, so they put all seven of the beers on outside, because they've got an outside bar, um, which was where they were pouring them. And I have to say, hats off to, to, to Rich Taylor, who I know he listens to the show, uh, the manager at the Vic who's appeared on the show in the past. He was standing outside pouring them, and I think he had regretted his decision to, to be serving them outside, because when I arrived, he had a hoodie on. Midway through the evening, he had a hoodie plus a gilet, and then at the end of the evening, it was hoodie, hoodie gilet, both done up, hat. Hood up, <laughs> and you, you could see every time he was going out, he was getting colder. But so, so yeah, we went through the uh, all seven of the beers, uh, and there were some real standouts in in in, in the bunch for, for me. So uh, first one, massive mention um, to the collab that they did with Big Drop, which was a 0.5 percent Imperial Mocha Vanilla Shot Stout. Now Big Drop are the ones you only do no alcohol beers, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Flavor-wise, they absolutely nailed it. Every one of those flavors was it was in that beer. It was like drinking a cold brew coffee, which is what I would have expected it to be like. Yeah, the, the thing that let it down for me was the body. It was it was still just really thin, and and I think the day that a brewer nails the body in a in a low alcohol or no alcohol beer 
is is the day that they've literally struck a pot of gold. Well, here's a question for you. So that's a dark beer. We're often used to having oatmeal stouts. We know that, I'm fairly certain that the small beers that Cloudwater do have oatmeal in the build. Why not use oats? I don't understand, especially for the dark beer, because it's already a a known quantity. There must be a reason, surely. Okay, so secretly hoping that Sean jumps in at at this this point. Yeah, although we have to wait for him to come back from Belgium. So I'm going to... I'm going to try and guess at science here. I think oats might release a certain amount of sugar, and obviously any sugar released in the brewing process turns to alcohol. So, okay. so, I'm gonna, so maybe that's the reason. Could be, because I did wonder why, if you're going for a no-alcohol beer, and the one thing that everyone comes back to, and especially on a darker beer, because you have this perception that it looks thicker already, yeah, and then it isn't, that's probably the holy grail for... Not just low alcohol beers, but definitely for the low alcohol dark beers. Oh, wow, that's yeah. that bit of just just, just that, that body. I'm not I'm not asking it to be like an impy body, but back up to where you think it might be a three four yeah. percent. I equally don't want it to feel like water in my mouth. No, exactly. I want it. I want a little bit. Okay, so they're definitely they're definitely onto something. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, it was incredible. And I and I started with I started with that beer. I I, I had a half pint of it to start of. I could have very easily drunk that beer at any point during the rest of the, the, the six because it would have been a perfect cleanser as, as well because it was like I said, it was like drinking cold cold brew coffee. Cool. Um, so then the next standout for me was uh, the collab that they did with the Yeasty Boys, which was a pomegranate and molasses Belgian strong owl, which was fucking incredible. It was so good. It was so sweet. Um, but the sweetness was balanced with... The, the bready characteristics and the, the thing that wove it all together was the Belgian yeast. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> For the benefit of listeners, I have a shocked look on my face. It, it was, it was almost close to perfect. And, and that was, that was 8% had that, had that towards the end of the, 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 the run. Um, and then the final one that I had, they did a collab with Siren, which was barley wine. It was 11%. So obviously you're going to finish with, with that one and that was dark cherry and chocolate barley wine and again just nailed all of the flavours just really really good beers I mean the, the other beers that, that they had so there was a collab with um, Magic Rock that was like the a sessionable IPA session, citrus session IPA uh, there was a double dry hopped pills that they did with Four Pure and then there was a, um, a tropical sorbet sour that they had done with Neon Raptor as, as well and, and that, that got sour face did it yeah. I mean, I've heard Neil Raptor seems to be popping up a few times recently in yeah. my, my feeds and my timelines to be honest but yeah. as, as, a, as a whole package of the seven you'd say it was a I'll tell you it was, uh, I, I enjoyed going to a pub to try them rather than having the cans I'm not sure I would have bought the seven pack of 440ml cans with the glass yeah that was retailing at around forty quid. Yeah. I, I think there were some of them that I probably wouldn't wouldn't have wanted that much. You would have wanted four forty. No, so I was glad to be able to. And and obviously, you know, being the vic, you, you had the option of third half or a pint. So I think I had uh, a half of the zero point five, and then I went on to the Magic Rock Citrus Session, and I had a pint of that because it was it was four percent. Yeah. And and then I was kind of dipping in between different measures, dependent on what the drink was. So I only had a had a third of the tropical sorbet one. Oh, there was a um, a New England IPA with Daya as well which was actually really good for that 
and I'm not a fan of that no. style, but it didn't have any of that sugary cloyingness that I don't like in that style. It was just straight up New England IPA. Cool. It sounds like you had a couple of good trips out there. I very much enjoyed them. Yeah, very much so. Oh, brilliant. So it makes a bit of a change for, for me to be the one that, that, that goes out. Doing all the out. And, and drinks, yeah. Out, out. I think that'll be slightly different, though, when we get to the next show. So um, you've finished. Yeah, I'm your, finished. Uh, your, your, your well, Any was, stop, final thoughts? I just wanted it? to stop listening to you talking about the Ale House and the Vic. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely beer. Anyway, I, I enjoyed the beer. Um, I, I thought I was, I was impressed with it the first time. I'm no less impressed with it now, even though I think it shares characteristics rather than out-and-out flavours. Yeah, agree. Um, but I still get it. Um, it may be, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe the, the the waffle's just too nice, but I think we've actually, you know, the waffle and the pitcher uh, and the blueberries all matches off quite nicely to the can design as well. Um, I can see it. And didn't detract from one or the other when I was having them together either. No, I, I think I think they worked, they worked very well together. Yeah. Um, like I said, we, we weren't bang on. I don't think we're going to be with any of these no, parents tonight. I'd be what we tried to do is to say, does this thing taste like this thing? But is it? Let's face it, we wouldn't have done this at home on our own. No. So and it's it's, not, it's quite a, a nice opportunity to do it. Yeah. Share our thoughts as we go along. Have a bit of fun with it, and that's you know that's what the whole point of the podcast is. Have a Ex- bit of fun. Exactly. And we did say when we lined the beers up at the beginning, we we said there's no way you'd ever choose oh, that as a as an evening. On there's the no beer. way because I'd be thinking that's a bit sweet. Yeah. Don't want any more sweetness right now. And on that note, shall I uh, shall I suggest let you know what the next beer is? Yeah. You you get into the next beer, mate. So. We have a bottle of the Formbridge and Four Pure collaboration, Freesia, Strawberry Milkshake IPA. So, again, no guesses, no two guesses for wondering what this will be paired with. It won't be a strawberry milkshake. I was going to say, it's not going to be a strawberry we haven't milkshake. Popped down, we haven't popped down to McDonald's, gone to the drive-thru. Put yeah. It that way. Because I think, I think we felt like a strawberry milkshake might be a step too far yeah. in, in, in terms of sweetness and what it might do to our stomachs when all of this start mixing together exactly now um obviously everyone knows we, we we're both fans of Thornbridge anyway i'm a fan of four pure um this i think i've had this one before i've, I've had this one a few times uh, again it's available in tesco's it's been in tesco's for a while now i mean you can uh, smell it when you pour it can't you yeah i'm gonna say that i'm not getting huge amounts of strawberry on that do you know what I get more? It's just that milkshake yeah. nose. So if I didn't know we'd pour the sh- that, I'd be thinking it's a milkshake beer, but I'm not sure I could pinpoint the flavour straight away. It's, it's. I mean, it's got lactose in it, which I think you, expected you probably get that on the nose. A little bit of vanilla in there as, as well. I suppose we could have done vanilla ice cream then with the strawberries. We could have done, yeah, because we're, we are pairing this with strawberries. And, and there is there is a strawberry sweetness there is on, on the finish to, to to that so um should well, we try try a little bit of strawberry with it now the only problem go on I've just killed the flavour of the beer by having the strawberry I was going to say exactly the same thing you go back to the beer and it tastes less strawberry <laughs> after the strawberry yeah. we've um so those strawberries are so juicy and pro- I think they're probably just about right as well yeah um that the flavour of the beer now, I've actually, it's, I haven't enhanced it. It's gone. It, it's, it's, it's gone. Yeah. 
Um, actually, do you know what this reminds me of, thinking about it? Now that I've tasted the strawberry, as in the fresh strawberry, real-life strawberry rather than the strawberry, it reminds me more of strawberry and cream sweets. Oh, Frasier. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of more than a strawberry milkshake or the flavour of strawberries. That's what we should have done with these, was those strawberry milkshake, milk bottle jelly sweet things. That... Well, you would have, you would have done the, weren't they hard-boiled originally? Originally, oh yeah, you can get strawberry and cream. Yeah. Sweet, we'd, yeah, we'd end up having to crunch on here. <laughs> that, that's true. I think I think people are going to be no one's going to love that disliking the chomping that's going exactly. on in the background anyway. Right, so we've done beer adventure, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have. <laughs> What's next? Yeah, let's go have a little bit of news, shall, shall we? So uh, a few things uh, this this week. Um, so the first one is, unless you've had your head buried in the sand, you can't have missed. Um, the what came out of nowhere this new Twitter account you you missed it I've seen bits about it but it hasn't grabbed my attention has it not no mainly because everyone's talking about it so I've probably switched off okay so this is um, art by volume at art by volume and essentially what what this that the people behind this account have done is they've reimagined beers as record covers so uh, a whole range of beers and kind of they've they've interpreted the name of the beer or the name of the brewery within within that album cover and it's i mean it's taken off like nobody's business um to the point where they've they've been selling the prints um and it, it's been because I've, I've been watching them as, as they've gone through it they've they've every brewery that they've produced a, a cover for they've, they've said to them look we want to sell these but we want to donate some to charity are you happy for us to do that not a single brewery has come back and said no we don't we don't want to be involved in this and today as we recall tonight they've donated over 800 pounds so far to shelter that's pretty impressive which i think regardless of what what, what you think of what they're doing whether you like it whether you like their interpretation so i just didn't pay any attention that's that's incredible yeah from, and that and that's literally from their first batch of prints that they've released for sale as well. So good on them for that. And if, if you haven't, um, we'll put a link to, to, to Art by Volume in the show notes and just click through and, and, and have a look at some of the some of the pieces of artwork that they're producing. Well I could click on it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and have a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next up, uh, Verdant have uh, opened the seafood bar, which was it was part of the uh, crowdfunding campaign that they ran uh, in 2018. Um, something they wanted to do using some of the money raised, and it's in Falmouth and it's now open. Uh, bar is a relaxed restaurant and bar, almost on the waterfront in the town centre, serving delicious small seafood plates. Some of the dishes include pan-fried gurnard with mussels and crab sauce marinated brill with melon and pickled carrot as well as a classic fish finger butty they've got eight taps and a few choice sharing bottles from the world's best mixed fermentation breweries also a wonderful place to simply have uh, a few drinks with friends and that's now open um every day from 12 until late no booking necessary and can be found at key street falmouth tr11 3hh the picture of the food did look nice if you like fish, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm 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 not a fan of fish. So okay. I've got I've got to say, um, I'm sure loads of people are, but none of that appears. Fish finger butty, yes, I'd be all over that. <laughs> um, but the rest of it, I've no interest. So in while it. the rest of us got knife and forks out, you're you're chomping, I'm, I'm your... chomping away. <laughs> that that best come with big thick doorstep bread as well. That's that's the only way that should be served. I'd agree. 
Um, Carlsberg uh, have bolstered their commitment to craft beer by adding new brews to their portfolio. So um, they've, and, and this includes uh, the brews from their recently acquired Lumfields Brewery. And, and that's in a bid to commit um, to strengthen their commitment to the craft beer segment. So they've seen sales rising by 15%, with distribution up by 20% from 2017. Uh, new additions this year include variants from Bread Brewery Toast, as well as uh, from London Fields Brewery, and also the recently launched um, Carlsberg Danish Pilsner, which is um, supposedly has a fuller body. Um, perfect balance of bitterness and sweetness made possible through modification, modifications to our brewing process and the addition of bittering hops. So is this a new beer? It is a new beer, yeah. Is it going to replace Carlsberg Lager? Because I don't think so. I noticed it on the Tap and Spoons at the weekend. Oh, really? And I thought maybe I'd misread it first Instead of, of Carlsberg? Yeah, the only Carlsberg they had was the Carlsberg Pilsner. Maybe. I mean, I, I fell foul to it yesterday. We went into a to a bar in Colchester and they had a craft pilsner on called uh, Elsium and and it was when I checked on untapped it was by it was by Elsium group now I know that that's a rebadged lager <laughs> I've no idea what it was looking at the taps that were in this place they also had green king yardbird so I'm guessing what's the green king one is it noble yeah it might have been a rebadged version of Noble could have been because Noble never really took off did it no so this whole craft pills and the thing has become a bit of a label yeah uh, but that, that said it was quite it, I had to look at the tap a second time for the Carlsberg one so well, when did that happen I thought it was Carlsberg Lager always and I think there's quite a significant difference isn't it because Carlsberg Lager is about 3.8% isn't it and what's the Pilsner? Uh, it doesn't actually say on, on this, this release that we've got here, but I'm guessing if you've gone for a craft pilsner, there is a picture there, but I don't think I don't think I can see the ABV of it. If you've gone for a craft pilsner, you'd be looking at about five percent, wouldn't you? Yeah, Four I mean, no, I said I was percent. Just curious. The brand, the rest of the brandy was exactly the same. It was the the, the normal green, the Carlsberg logo, just with the addition of the word pilsner. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it, and that did catch my eye, to me. Yeah. So following on, on from that, we've seen um, supermarket sales have uh, uh, supermarket beer sales are still significantly outperforming pubs. So uh, there was a rise of two point two percent in the sale of beer in the last quarter of twenty eighteen. However, it was lower than the growth in supermarket beer sales of three point eight percent when compared to the same period in twenty seventeen. Uh, however, across the board, um, beer sales on the on and off trade. Collectively up 2.6% versus 2017. Um, and they're putting this down to things like increased beer sales in the middle period of last year because of the success of England in the World Cup, summer. the particularly hot summer. Uh, but they are warning um, that, that the pubs obviously can't rely on those sorts of things year on year. There's no major sporting events this summer. No, it's that year, isn't it, where there's nothing. It's a fallow year, no Olympics, no World Cup. No Commonwealth Games. No World Champs. Yeah. Nothing, no. nothing this year, yeah. Um, well, there might be world champs, but that's about it, and that's not as major as any of the others. Not to the scale where you'd, you'd go out and watch it in the pub. No, exactly. It's generally only the football that draws it. Isn't the, um, it's the Rugby World Cup this year, isn't it? It's le- later on in the year, I want to say. Yeah. 
autumn time. Yeah. That so, yeah, that's normally a, in season. That can give you a bit of a boost, but again, you probably lose that little element of boost where you don't have the outdoor summer weather like the World Cup did. Yeah. With the big fan parks and stuff like that. Yeah, you're never going to draw in the sort of people that, that the World Cup does. No, no. Are, are you? Um, so then we've got news of a new uh, beer festival for the Midlands. Um, so this is uh, by the folks that are behind London Craft Beer Festival, Bristol Craft Beer Festival, Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival, uh, and this is going to be called Beer Central. It's the Midlands New Beer Festival. So um, that, 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 t- that title confused me, because obviously I know Beer Central has been their shop. I think it confused a lot of people. In the north? Yeah. Rather than in the Midlands, I thought they'd open another branch. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a new beer, f- beer festival for the Midlands. Um, and they're saying that they think the Midlands has been constantly overlooked. I mean, we've commented on this uh, a number of times. Um, it's going to be in the same format as their other festivals. So it's going to be all in. Um, so going what time of year is that going to be? Because obviously they do have Birmingham Beer Week and they, Dick, have the, they have the Lock and Key Festival, don't they? That's not happening this year, Lock and Key. Oh, is it not? No. Um, but it's going to take place in Digbeth in July. There, as, as we recall this, there are no dates for it yet. Uh, I think they're due to announce them in the next week or so. So is Digbeth quite close to, close to Birmingham? Is it Birmingham? Oh, I don't even know if it's Birmingham. Uh, I think so. I've, I've no idea. My my geography of the Midlands isn't okay. great. There's enough. Say. There's enough Midlanders who listen to this. To I'm, tell I'm us. sure. I'm sure someone will tell us. I'm yeah. going Carl or Simon. Yeah. Um, and then also from uh, the folks at We Are Beer was the news that they're crowdfunding. Um, so uh, they're looking to crowdfund uh, a festival called Bigfoot, which is a camping festival that looks to bring together live music, amazing chefs, and the usual roster of world-class craft breweries. Um, they go on to say that outdoor festivals have been played by bland beer, um, and for folks' investment into the crowdfunding campaign, They'll receive shares in all of the festivals. Investors will get access to VIP tickets, merchandise, and a membership program with exclusive events and offers. And I'm not sure whether that campaign is actually live at the moment or whether it's still at the register your interest stage. I think at the time of recording, I thought it was still at register your interest. I don't think, but I couldn't swear to it. So we we don't really know what you're going to get for what you put no. in. And for some of them, you have to sign up to find out all the details anyway, don't you? Yeah, and I hate that. that and those, those, are ones, me off. those ones I never invest in. No. If you know, just tell me. Why do I have to sign up to find mm. out? Show me the information. And then I'll decide Let me to make find. a decision. But if I have to sign up just to find it out, then the answer is no. Mm. What's it? Was it? Uh, I'm out. That's it, isn't it? It is. So this prompted us to do a, to do a, to do a poll, Steve. Opinions of Opinions, opinions, opinions. We asked, so this poll was a couple of weeks ago. With the news that the folks at WeRB are looking to raise 300000 for the next venue, venture, we're asking, would you consider crowdfunding a beer, food and music festival? Usual choices, yes or no. We had four, 432 votes. Thank you everyone for voting. Yes, 28%. And a resounding no, 72%. That's a lot of no's. It is a lot of no's. I mean, a lot of our polls of recent times have been a bit, lot more even than this, a lot more evenly placed. Yeah. This was definitely, no, it was never close during the whole thing, really. Apart from once the first five or six votes were out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, 
again, we, you know, thank you to everyone who did comment as well. Um, apologies for anyone's comments who we haven't picked up and we, we don't read out. Um, but you know, we did have, we did have a few of them. Um, should we go through those first before we share our um, our thoughts? Or who, yeah, do you want no, no, let's yeah. let's let's go through the the, 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 the few comments that because for this one we only picked out a few comments. Yes, um, a lot of them were fairly similar as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so so from points of brew at points of brew would entirely depend on what they did with the money. I'm very wary over the number of crowdfunding campaigns going on at the moment and what the outcome of them will actually be. I think it's a really valid point. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of crowdfunding going on in the beer world. a hell of a lot. Yeah. So from Chicken Dipper, Salander Graham, I voted yes, but it's a qualified yes. I'd expect stuff in return to make it worth my while. For example, long-term discounts on tickets, food tokens, queue jumping, in brackets, the festival in question always has a long queue and opens late or has a slow entry process. Interested, but not swayed yet. I, if I invested, I'd expect queue jumping. I, I would. I, 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 queue I'd jumping be, would almost be my number one. I'd want to be investing at a queue jumping VIP level where I'm getting extras for, for going to this festival. Interesting point in there, in there for me is the festival in question always has a long queue. So, so this suggests that this festival already exists and we are be, are essentially looking to take over the festival. Or upscale it, perhaps. Or perhaps they've been to one of the other ones done by We Are Beer. Maybe it's just the way the, the, the comments have been worded. Yeah. But the queue jumping for me is being, if I crowdfunded a theme park... I'd be expecting not to queue you'd, for the you'd, rides. You'd want, you'd want to, you'd want to queue jump, wouldn't you? I knew you were going to do that at some point. How did? How? Did I just you know? knew you were going to do this. Steve has decided to. He's got a Del Boy cocktail going on there, so he's put a straw, slice of strawberry into the beer. I'm just, I'm just one. I'm just hoping that the two are going to complement uh, oh. uh, each other a bit more because at the moment I think they're the strawberry's they're killing. at odds against each yes, other. The strawberry's killing the beer. The, the, the straw, yeah, the strawberry is killing all the flavours in the beer unless you then go back and drink the beer. And, and then you get the beer you need to flavor. you need to drink the beer a couple of times to go back to yeah. loving the beer so, so I've now created a, a cocktail of beer with strawberry in it you just needs a dollop of ice cream you've definitely done something um, from John at Beer in the Suburb I'd consider it but depends on location and what I get for my investment I'd expect it to be an easy travel distance have my sorted music and I'd want a ticket out of it I trust them to cover the beer and food now you see that's different to investing in a brewery it's very different to invest in because the brewery, yeah. People, plenty of people invested in Northern Monk, left-handed giant, Verdant, who may or may not get down to these places and may not get down there at a certain point. Um, we've in, you know, we've we've invested in a beer nouveau, and we probably won't get there for the tapping yeah. of, the, of the heritage beers. Um, but if you're going to invest a, in a festival, you want to go to the festival. So. The timing of the festival and where it is would be would be two key things as well, wouldn't You'd it? You'd be gutted if you invested and then couldn't go. Yeah, wouldn't you? So, uh, you know, maybe that's why they've offered sort of equity, so to speak, with shares because yeah. not everyone may be able to get to it once it's all released. You think oh, school holidays? I can't do it there. Yeah, possibly. Um, are you you wanna, want to throw in a few? Yeah. There? So, um, Christian Sinclair at C underscore Sink underscore. If you're crowdfunding a festival, then you're probably not ready to be putting on a festival. <laughs> I found it very succinct, very cutting. However, I'm not sure I don't agree with it. I can't disagree with it, no. I I think uh, uh, it it was one of the thoughts that I had about it was that, you know, there are a lot of very, very successful music festivals 
up and down the country from 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 the big ones to slightly smaller ones to more regional ones and i've 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 never come across a situation where any of those have said we need you to help us fund it yeah which i think sort of uh leans into a couple of the other comments coming up anyway yeah so I mean the, the one from Yeasty Boys at Yeasty Boys uh, I'm guessing that's Stu that got involved there isn't it's essentially advanced purchase of tickets isn't it in some sense every festival is crowdfunded which which is true yeah you pay up front you pay your money which basically allows the company to put on the festival because you're giving them the, the, the money. They, yeah. yeah, they have a certain amount of equity, what they've bought in from their sponsors, which I suppose keeps the bank happy yes. in terms of, well, will you, will you sell enough tickets to cover it? But I, I think that's that, that's really quite quite an interesting point, that one. Yeah, I thought Christian and the Easy Boys' comments dovetailed quite nicely with yeah. each other, actually. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Pete at Hops and Hoops. No, something I can't put my finger on what makes me feel sceptical towards giving festival organisers or promoters my mo- my money. Think I'd trust the brewery more. Well, to be fair to uh, We Are Beer, launching that crowdfunding at the same time that documentary came out about that big swanky oh, party. Oh my God, have you watched that? No, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because it feels like cringe TV. I watched it at the weekend and it's it's not cringe TV, but it's cringe what happens because it's clear this guy has no idea. And it's this, this is this is the fire documentary yeah. on Netflix. And Where, so fire, FYR. You had, you had quite a few... Of the top social media stars, influencers, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so again, and then uh, that may have prompted the recent Panorama program as well about the whole social media influencers, and um, you know, I can understand why. You know, obviously that was a massive, massively different scale and a massively different cock up. And I'm not suggesting at any stage that's what We Are Beer are, are suggesting they're going to do because they We Are Beer are the guys. Are they the guys behind LCBF? Yeah, yeah. So they're behind yeah. the LCBF. They presume they're behind Bristol Craft yeah, Beer yeah, Festival. Yeah, it's that same. So they've already got a model. And but they know how to run a festival. Then, yeah. So you know, let, let, let's make sure that's quite clear. But it's unfortunate timing. <laughs> it was. It was really unfortunate because I mean, literally for days, that's all I've heard is people talk about that fire documentary. Yeah. So, like I say, I watched it and I was like, literally from the outset, that you, you're like, this this guy literally has more money than brains because he's just he just keeps throwing money at this thing and you can see it's all going belly up and he was partnered up with the rapper uh, Ja Rule yeah. and it seemed as though halfway through the, the documentary he very quickly distanced himself from everything very quickly and, apparently yeah and now this guy's facing like jail time he is over, six or over, seven over years possibly what's, what's happened it's, it's, if you've got Netflix it's well worth well people watch. were abandoned on the island I mean right I mean they spent a lot of money but they turned up on an island effectively where it didn't matter how much money they had there was only to buy yeah and well, there was a point where they actually they locked them in the airport because they, they they couldn't they couldn't charter any planes to get to the island to get them off the airport, and the infrastructure on the island couldn't handle any more people than were already there. So they they basically locked a load of people in the airport so they couldn't get out. Horrendous. Just can you imagine? Yeah. So yeah. So, so we digress a <laughs> yeah, little but bit. Bad there. It's just when I saw Pete's comment there, that's just what it reminded me of. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, so what do you think about this, mate? Is it something? Is it something you'd invest in? I think you know my initial thought thinking would be no. If I did, then it would come down to: is it one I can even get to? Because even year on year, 
it's not that often I go from one beer festival to the next the same when they're the far away ones. I did Indie Man two years running, but then I've had a break. Um, Leeds I've only done once. So you can't always guarantee that you can go back to these things anyway. You know, Peak Ender falls at just the wrong time this year around for me. Otherwise I'd be back there. Um, you would want, you'd want the perks, but how much are those perks gonna cost? Because like I said, you would want the VIP level. You'd want to be there queue jump at the start I'd want to be able to queue jump a few bits in between um, when I'm there like, like I said when you go to the rides at, at Disney that kind of thing I'd probably need to hear other people's positive experiences of investing and then how they felt the festival went as well yeah. so for me I'd probably be out at the moment I, I think I'm very much along the same sort of lines I for, for me it would be all of what you've said plus if it's if it's a music music festival, it'd be music I'd want to hear. That's true. I mean, I, I didn't even mention the music there. But yeah, if it was a whole load of genre and type, if it was basic music chosen by Luke, um, that I probably wouldn't want to invest. <laughs> even though on the pod call we did with him, neither of his tunes were were dire. Yeah, you know what? I've I've just started listening back to that to, to, tonight. It's the first time I've been able to bring myself to, to, to listen to it because it's. It's quite embarrassing for me. Uh, folks, you do need to actually go and listen to <laughs> you it. You do, uh, trust there, me. There is a link in the show notes. Listen to the pod crawl that we did with Rhythm and Brews. Um, apologies, that's all I'm going to say for that. But I, I went back and listened tonight, and I actually, in, in, in a sober state, I really enjoyed Luke's band's tune. Yeah, I, I, I did. I really, really enjoyed yeah, it. I thought it was really good. And it makes it makes me want to go and check them out. Actually, yeah. well, actually, as much as it kills me well, to say that, they're actually playing tonight while we record. They are, yeah. Why don't you dip into your beer now that the strawberry has been fermenting in there for a little while? I don't, I don't think it's been in there for long enough to really have done anything. Do you? Well, you tell me. Yeah, the beer just tastes like it did before. Strawberries and it's, cream. It's, it's still strawberries and cream. Yeah, there's that. There, there is that little bit of lactose on the finish. There's a little bit of vanilla in there. Um, th- there are similarities between the beer and the strawberries, but as we've said, the, the strawberries kill the beer yeah. in, in, in this instance. Whereas the waffle and blueberries last time didn't kill the beer. No. no. It, it, it complemented. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the strawberries this time, you need to, you can't just have a strawberry sip because there's nothing to taste no. on the beer. You need to have a couple of sips to get back to your, for me, the strawberries and cream kind yeah. of one. Um, there's nothing. I, I do like the beer. I would still have it again, but again, it's always going to be one of those beers that I couldn't. It's not a session beer. No, you're only gonna maybe a couple, two bottles, yeah. and then you're gonna want something that's not quite as sticky on yeah, the finish. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I do like it. I like the fact that it's not a um, too lactose heavy, not too uh, reminiscent of a milkshake. I'm glad about that, to be honest. Um, but the strawberries. Top-notch strawberry, Steve. Well done. Steve is now chewing the strawberry. The strawberry that's been soaked in beer tastes really nice now. Does it? Yeah. So is that a new thing then? So No. It's not something I'm going to hurry to do again. No, you sure? I must admit, yeah. Interesting experiment so far, though, don't you think? It is. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we've still got some interesting flavours and pairings to to come. Sweet little coming up next. Really, yeah. But, yeah, the... um, yeah, it's good, two good choices to start off with. Like I say, I wouldn't, there's no way of an evening I would have gone blueberry waffles onto a <laughs> strawberry milkshake IPA. No, and um, both of those available from Tesco as well at the moment. I'm still surprised. Sorry, I know we're diverging a little bit about and we're going back to the whole supermarket. Can you imagine 
few years ago a beer, a collaboration beer, 6.9%, 4.40 can, described as a blueberry breakfast waffle stout beer being available on the shelves of Tesco. Absolutely not. It's bonkers, isn't it? No. Absolutely bonkers. No. And for the price point that you've been able to get it at recently, you've been able to buy that beer at £2 a can. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with that's, that. That is ridiculous. Well, it's, that's one of those ones when I, when I think Michelle saw it, she just picked up a couple anyway. Yeah. Location, we know and like. Yeasty Boys, we know and like. So, well, at £2, it's not that big a gamble either. And it's, it's one that I have gone back to again and again, actually, now. When I go to Tesco's, I'm, I'm always glad to see it on the shelf because I'm like, great, I'll pick up another couple. But it's just... And, a, and just leave them in the back of the fridge. But it, it, it's... I don't think you could have predicted this. No. No. Absolutely not. Not that, and not a strawberry milkshake IPA either. No. Next beer. Next beer. So next up, we have got, this is from uh, courtesy of the Wild Beer Co. who sent us through this to try. This is Millionaire, salted caramel and chocolate and milk stout. Uh, Previously available in in, in bottles, now available for the first time in cans as as well. Coming in at uh, 4.7%. Still a very distinctive wild beer branding on the front, isn't it? Is. it? All of their cans are, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're that black with the colour of the beer. Yeah, and I think that really works. Yeah, I think it stands that really out works. really well on the shelf. Yeah, you can t- and even at the just below the, the cap, the same colour goes yeah. round all of them as well. You can't, you can't be mistaken as to what it is. It's very distinctive branding. I'm, I'm glad that I think they've tweaked it a little bit since day one, but for me, that's what I, I recognise as yeah. being wild beer. So, uh, should we get stuck in? Yeah, cheers. Cheers. You, you get the chocolate on the nose straight away, don't you, with this? Yeah, I think you get a little bit of salt. Like this, almost like a saline mm-hmm. nose on it. Oh, that's got some nice body on it. That has got a decent body, but not too thick. No, but it's thick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lovely um, head on both our beers. Yeah, I mean, it's perfectly conditioned. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Oh, it's quite dry at the end as well. It's dry. Don't remember being quite so dry. You get the caramel. Yeah. And then there is that, that, that salt right at the end. And I think that aids the dryness. So, you have uh, picked up, you, I think you picked up most of the goodies we're having. Um, some salted caramel big chocolate buttons. And they are... Um, Huge. Bigger than a two pound coin, aren't they? Yeah, and they are they are milk chocolate as well. So I specifically went for milk chocolate because of the milk stout element. Again, with the buttons, you don't get the salt until oh no, right at the end. But I was decided to have a little bit of taste of beer while I was still chewing it, and it could be a bit like the strawberry. The sweet is going to win at the moment. Maybe a little bit too sweet, isn't it? Mm. But whereas in the beer, you've got the bitterness. I wouldn't want a beer that tasted like the sweets anyway. You couldn't drink it. You could, sit, you could have a sip and put it down again. Yeah. But I don't think you could drink it. But yeah, this, oh. the beer is drier. So while we finish off this particular pairing, um, let's get into the main question on this week's show. Opinions, 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 opinions. We, we tried to tie this one in with, with what we were actually doing. <laughs> yeah, um, in some shape or form. Yeah, and, and the question was, do the adjuncts added to some beers really make the beer taste like the thing that has been added? Um, 310 votes, 65% of people said yes, 35% of people said no. 
um, some of the comments that we had were quite interesting and I'm sure as always will um, stimulate some discussion in us definitely as, as well so first up Paul at UNRCD uh, current number one fan yep current being yeah. the key word lost a few yeah. points for turning up late onto Periscope in the majority yes they do my taste buds aren't the greatest but I do think they come across especially with the better breweries when it doesn't always work out for me is when there are loads of adjuncts in a beer so that's, that's quite an interesting point because I think it's essentially we've gone for beers that have mostly got one or two yeah we haven't like five or six different things in there it seems no. to be a pairing yeah so strawberry milkshake the blueberries and waffles salted caramel salted caramel chocolate yeah, yeah. so it seems to be a couple of key adjuncts yes. part of the part of the programme yeah uh, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert says let's be honest there can sometimes be overkill in the adjuncts list so very much echoing what Paul was saying all too often you come across a beer that is trying too hard shoehorning way too many obtuse flavours into a beer trying to impress us with the diversity of their brewing ability and yet it's all a mess but that's quite a good point from Miles as well about maybe sometimes too many bits in there have you got the base beer right first of all anyway yeah will that beer stand up before you start throwing in everything. Yeah. James at James Moose. Any adjunct is too many. Make beer from malt, hops, yeast and water. If I want a cake, I'll eat a cake. Well, I reckon um, our listener and creative director and friend, Clayton, <laughs> would definitely uh, listen to that one and agree with it. He's not a fan of like the, oh, they say, pastry stouts, for example. Yeah. Um, Although that's obviously not quite evidently based on just what we're doing tonight. It's not the only type of beers where things are added, but I think pastry stouts have come in a little bit recently with the amount of lactose, isn't it? Yeah. It can't seems to be you can't do a stout without without, without a lactose. Yeah. Which is why I referenced duration ebb and flow ebb and flow earlier, because there was no lactose added. Mm. So if there was any sweet notes, and there was a little bit of a sweet note, that was purely coming from what they've done with the, the base ingredients. Well, I am. Um, excuse me, talking while mate. I'm really sorry. You're eating another salted caramel giant butter. Yeah, um, wasn't quite so smooth as you, where you snuck one in while I was talking. <laughs> Over the weekend, I revisited um, Guinness for an extra stout. Oh yeah, I came across an unbelievable deal in Tesco's where basically three bottles had been reduced because they were out of their packaging, and it was like four ninety odd for three bottles of an extra stout and I couldn't pass it by and I tried one and it's been a while since I've had one and that's it's it's really sweet it's really sweet it's really thick pretty sure they don't use lactose in that I'm pretty sure they don't but they've still managed to achieve that same sort of consistency that other breweries are striving for with the use of lactose yeah it just seems to I think you know, there's a lot of it, and you know, referencing the earlier beer with the milkshake, that any of the milkshake style beers obviously have a lactose influence as well. Yeah, um, Katsuel at Katrinas, um, she said, I found a lot of flavoured kettle sours recently, only taste of the yogurt note you get from the lactobacillus, and chucking all manner of fruits and spices at them is pretty futile. A lot of coconut beers miss the boat too. I'm sure we're never going to agree with that because we we don't like put coconut in you've missed the boat (laughs) we're not going to drink them Um, some of us are allergic to lactose and it's not always clearly labelled on the tap labels I only have to worry about it being in stouts now but all beers have to be checked Um, valid point a very valid point yeah 
and um, Rob uh, at Rob's Beer Odyssey says some yes, many more no. That said, some breweries seem incapable of producing beers that taste like the advertised hops. So I'm hardly surprised. Um, and like like I say, it's it's quite interesting that you know some some people got quite hung up on that lactose issue. I think because it's quite prevalent. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that wasn't that, that definitely wasn't the intention of the question. The question was built around we thought this would be quite a fun thing to do. How can we build the question around that? Lactose didn't really enter our minds. No, because I, I suppose because we don't we don't have to worry about it. One, one of the comments here is Jamie H at Merchant of Shite. It's quite fun to try and uh, blind taste test them to see if you can pull out the flavours without the power of suggestion on the side of the can. That becomes Russian roulette if you have a mate with nut allergies. Though I'm of, I'm to avoid potentially killing my mates apparently. So, J- Jamie at Merchant of Shite has almost killed a friend doing this then. C- clearly, yeah. Um, well, you could have done that with Yellow Belly. Now, come, come, you know, if we go back to the, the origins of Yellow Belly, we were never told originally that it had peanut oil in it. No, it was, and, and that came out through one of the responses, uh, was that it was peanut extract, uh, or peanut extract flavouring. Yeah. Um, which apparently the, the, the person, and I'm not going to read that particular one out because... It's kind of pointing a bit of an accusing thing. Yeah. Apparently, they said that the head brewer at Buxton at that time, that's why he was never too keen on that beer because it was, it was brewed using adjunct, adjunct rather than actually getting the flavour. But it was also an adjunct that was never advertised. No, because the first few years, everyone, you know, me included, talking about how wonderful this beer. How, how have they made this beer taste like a, a Snickers bar? without adding anything that's part of a Snickers bar. Yeah. But it turned out they did. Yeah, which has only apparently come out recently. Yeah, and that did lessen it a little bit for me, I'll be honest. It, it did for me as, as well, because I, I thought all of that was purely down to brewing skill. Yeah. And there may have been a certain naivety on my part for, for thinking that, but if no one comes out and says otherwise, why, why would I think something? You, you wouldn't, would you? You'd, you'd go with, well, this is incredible brewing yeah. because they've managed to get peanut and biscuit and all the yeah. rest of it and that's what it tastes like. Yeah. Well, They got the peanut because they added it. Because they added that flavour to yeah. it. They specifically added that flavour to it. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's another comment here from um, which actually ties in with the beer we're having now. So from Simon Clark, it's Simon Carbon. If done well, then yes. For example, Wild Beer Co. Millionaire, Salted Caramel Stout. Or Oscar Blues Death by Coconut. Well, he's half right. Yeah. Um, you're, you're half right there, Simon. Um, I think adjuncts works best in dark beers. I'm seeing a lot of hate for lactose in beers lately, though. And veganism aside, can't work out why. Um, I, I don't hate lactose. I could probably quite happily live with a little, little, little bit less of it at the moment. It, it is in absolutely everything. Yeah. Uh, well, no, not everything, but it it's, seems to be in a lot of beers. It feels like right, it's been right, over, yeah. overly used. Um, you know, joking aside, Death by Coconut isn't one of my beers, but I know that Michelle loved it when she had it. Um, and when she opened it, you could definitely get essence of coconut coming out. Um, what's your thinking about what you said works best in dark beers? What, in terms of adjuncts working best in dark beers? Yes. Um, yeah, I've, I've got to agree, actually. I, I, I think they, they, they seem to naturally complement one another the the, the, the flavours that you tend to get work well in a dark beer I mean I'm you know if you look at the two dark beers that we've had tonight so far I wouldn't see a 
salted caramel IPA working particularly well. I'm not sure I'd be picking it up off the shelf. No, and equally I wouldn't be picking up a waffle and blueberry parallel. No. Either. No, so so I I think that, I think you've probably, well, in my head, I think there's more, you've probably got more flexibility with your adjuncts in a dark beer. Yeah. um, Than you have in a pale beer. Or a lighter colour beer. But then, but then I suppose we've, we've chose two very specific examples there. If we choose some, some other examples, like the, the beer we're going to do next is uh, a peach and mango. But I think that's, the, the adults would seem to work better in the lighter colour beers tend to be much more than just a fruit. Yes, yeah, so, so, so more, more, more fruits yeah. and, 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 and things like that. Um, I've, I'm, I'm going to say I've never been that blown away with the fruity versions of Halcyon that Thornbridge have produced. I didn't enjoy the mango one. I, I didn't try the pineapple one last year because I'm not a fan of pineapple. Um, well, I think the well problem or otherwise, depending on your point of view. But part of the part of the problem for me is that I just I think House is just a superb beer. There was no going. Whatever you did with it was going to go down. Don't don't mess with it. Make another um, beer. Don't. However, as I, as you know, I am a fan of the high wire grapefruit. Uh, yeah, see, no, I'm not. I don't like that. Yeah, but it's your fault. But I am. It's not. It's not. My, oh. Yes, it is. Thank you. So, back in the summer 2015, you rocked up after a little trip to Leeds with it in a growler for um, us to have at the, at the first at the first ever Clayfest. It wasn't. It wasn't a trip to Leeds. It was. A, I, I got invited to the opening of the Magic Rock Tap Room, and and I bought it back from the opening of, of Magic Rock Tap Room. Oh, so you had been to Leeds as well, then? You went no, just, no. Uh, I, I literally just went up for that opening. Oh, okay. But yeah, you brought it back in the growler, didn't you? And yeah. We had it on a very nice hot summer's day. Right, so at and the very first it. Clayfest when. It was very exclusive. It was very there exclusive. Were only four of us there. See, that was VIP tickets then. Oh, Q jumping was easy. Oh, see, we should have crowdfunded it <laughs> without a doubt. We missed a chance there, haven't we? So, so let's let's have a look at some of these other comments. So, uh, spaghetti Paul Icy at Can I Get a P? Uh, there's evoking the character and dumping the whole bloody thing in, and that's before accounting for brewing abilities. Titanic plum porter smells like cough sweets, but pastry stouts do it too well. Suspiciously so in some cases, and that may very well lend itself to that conversation we were just having about yellow belly. Yeah, and maybe that's what planted the seed in my head about the, the yellow belly thing, because they're suspiciously so. Um, Titanic plum porter is a weird one, because I've had it once or twice where I think it's actually really nice. It's got some really nice sharp sharp tanning going on with the yeah. plum there's been times when yeah it feels so artificial it's awful yeah it's not one I reach out too often and it's not one I see too often but at beer festival it tends to be quite at camera beer festival it tends to be a bit of a loved one doesn't it it, it does and there's, there's a couple of variants of it as well isn't there yeah. there's a special reserve and then there's a special reserve port infused version actually it ties in with the next comment here from uh, from our stat, stat, statistician can't even say it properly. Yeah, let's let's we'll, yeah. we'll give him the official title. Um, of, uh, so from Sean O'Reilly, uh, Uncrulier, I hope by the time you uh, hear this, you've enjoyed your trip to Belgium. Um, some work better than others. I've never had the benefit of Titanic Plum Porter on cask, but Old Goods version is fantastic. Often though, I'm more impressed with what can be achieved with malt and hops alone. And a few people saying that, weren't they? Just yeah. just saying. You just brew a beer. Maybe that's maybe that will become a bit of a trend. Maybe we're just going. Maybe maybe with the whole if brewers start picking up on this whole lactose thing not quite being what people want anymore, we'll start going back to the 
dialed back in again, pair, yeah. pair it back to just using, I'm not saying don't innovate, but you know, your four main ingredients and, and seeing how you produce a good beer off the back of those. Yeah. And and the, and the next two comments are a, a, a little bit, maybe could be perceived as a little bit harsh. And I, I do want to read these two back to back as well, because I do think they balance themselves out slightly. So Adam Mack at Adam Mack 3. They work really well with Imperial Stouts, but with some other styles, I often wonder whether throwing a load of shit in at the end is a method of saving a batch of bad beer. And Ian Sutton at Ian Sutton 12. Yes, it's a great measure of showing everyone the difference between a good, talented brewer who gets the balance exactly right against one who doesn't and usually doesn't realise it or doesn't care enough to acknowledge it. Um, I'm not saying that they're, they're wrong. I think I think... I imagine that maybe both of them have had that experience themselves and I have definitely heard of that experience as well. I can't pinpoint a time when necessarily I've had that happen to me where I think no, me either. where I think you've chucked a load of stuff at it because actually You're just trying to hide something. It was shit. Yeah. Um you could argue that I think there's been a few beers I've had which have probably come out when they've been a bit too raw and a bit too young and I'm supposed to do the aging and the settling yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've had that experience. But can I discount it? Probably not too many new beers being made for everyone to nail it every time and if you think either a bit of lactose or a bit of fruit or something else which has got such a powerful flavour and aroma can mask yeah so yeah shame if it does happen though yeah it is it is a shame because all, all that's happening is you're um, you're deceiving the customer at the end aren't you yeah uh, Bruce Ritchie at Ritchie2706 balancing it it all out is key I think too many flavours confu- confuse the overall profile of a beer. Standout adjunct beers personally are Tempest Brew Co. Marmalade on Rye and Northern Monk uh, Neapolitan Evil Twin Brewing nail it with most stouts. Um, I haven't had enough Tempest. Uh, Northern Monk Neapolitan. It's just an outstanding beer. Outstanding beer. Now, that would have been an interesting one to do, a slice of Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, I kind of really wish we'd done that now, but it's out of season for it, yeah. isn't it? Um, it would have been good to have done that as a float, actually, Neapolitan ice cream. Float. Um, so, yeah, and... Oh, now I want to do that. Now you want to do it, don't you? Just so, I, 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 I agree you too much, and you can confuse, and also, I'm only human, I can only, you know, I think I can only pick out a certain amount of things anyway before it starts getting a bit muddled. Um so yeah, I think mean, I think that's a I think that's a valid point. Um, it fo- it, actually, the next one follows on pretty nicely. There's a fine balance between enhancement and just tasting like a chemical su- substitute. In the end, though, Tonka beans from James at Gammon Baron. Is he saying he's for or against? I don't know. I was hoping you might know. I don't know. No, James, I don't know. Can you let us know? Yeah. I- because if if you're for Tonka beans, I don't think we can be friends anymore. If you're against them, we can be best buddies. So you're thinking that if he's against them, his chances of getting number one fan are greatly enhanced. I've, I've massively improved with, with that statement. Um, yeah. I'm a bit hit and miss with them, but I, if I didn't have a beer with Tonka Beans in it again, I wouldn't miss them. No, I, I just then I'm not. I, I, apart from when we did the one on the last show, um, I actively avoid Tonka, Tonka Beans, beans as, as an ingredient, but, yes, as, as an adjunct. In, in James, beer. if you could come back to us and let us know whether you're for or against them, because I can't tell. Yep. Um, Wemden Beer Monster at a Barley Wine is Life I'd say usually yes but occasionally annoys me when adjuncts mentioned aren't detectable at all if an ingredient is mentioned then I want to be able to taste it I would have to say I agree with that and I would also have to say that the first three beers having tasted the adjuncts 
as well. There may not be direct taste, but there's definitely influences going on. Yeah. So you could you could pick that up and you could drink it and you could say, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Oh, that's, this is by far, that, this is that, the closest. That, that's a salted caramel. Yeah, this is the closest style. one. Yeah. I'm glad it doesn't taste exactly the same as the sweet, though. No, it would be far too sickly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite happy with the balance they've got on this versus the sweet yeah. anyway. Very similar comment to that one, ladies that beer, at ladies that beer, sometimes but not all the time. If it's stated on the label what's added, it's nice to be able to taste it. That said, not everyone's palate can pick up flavours well. You also find some beers with adjuncts aren't always well balanced. I don't think we've had anything unbalanced yet tonight, have we? No, not out, not out of the, the, the first three we've had. I think the balance, I think actually, again, there's none of those are none of these beers and I don't expect that to change actually are what I'd call sessionable beers anyway um, but they're all ones I would revisit if someone cracked open another can of one of these or cracked open the bottle so far I'd have a second one but I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have five check-ins on one night of it no I, I think again with the with the millionaire you, you'd, you'd like say I mean 330ml can you'd have one I'd, I'd maybe have a second yeah but there wouldn't be a third. There wouldn't be a third, would there? I'd be getting to the end of the second. I'd be like, all right, I need... An IPA. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I'd an IPA or an American Pale would be one of those two. Um, from Mr. WP at Mr. Underscore WP, I would say mostly on the stouts, I tend to go for it. It's a yes, whether it's coconut, peanut, etc. I've had the odd occasion drinking some t- something that tastes more artificial than I had hoped. And uh, he references effectively belching beaver peanut butter, but could also be my palate. Um, I think I've had the peanut butter once or twice, and I didn't find it too artificial. I didn't didn't feel it did. But it probably lends itself more towards the Reese's type of peanut butter than to maybe like, um, I don't know, a Whole Foods, more natural peanut butter. Um, And the, the Reese's peanut butter is definitely a different a different animal to be honest so yeah that's a good point you don't you don't necessarily want it to taste artificial do you no if you're no. going to have an adjunct in it you want it to taste fairly fresh and close to the close to the yeah, product you want to hope they've done a good job of balancing it yeah out. and that's where going back to yellow belly it did so yeah. although they used an adjunct and hadn't necessarily advertised it it was quite clearly so, so is, is, is yellow belly ruined for you now on that revelation well, I didn't rush out to buy the last one. Yeah, but you've still got some in your... I have still got some in my cupboard. It's definitely... It, are are it, you now going to approach them with that kind of preconception already in your mind? Yeah, definitely. That, definitely. Oh, well, this isn't going to taste as good as it used to because yeah. I know it's not natural. Whereas if, I, whereas if I, at the start, when yellow, when I first had Yellow Belly, the back end, my first one was the back end of 2015. If I'd had it then and it'd been quite clearly out there that they'd used essence of peanut butter or something whatever the derivative is I probably would have just thought wow that was really well used but because they decided not to share that information at the time I'm less inclined now to think wow we well, don't have to worry about it anymore because they're not they can't produce it they anymore, can't produce it anymore now either but well yeah. they, always, they can produce it they can just give it another name yeah which is what they'll do uh, but they'll just leave it a year bring back in a blaze of glory yeah and then finally from Charlie Alien at Charlie underscore Alien occasionally marble gray, marbles Earl Grey IPA for example however I prefer it when brewers achieve similar flavour notes with variations and core ingredients e.g. banana in Belgian styles with yeast stone fruit in IPA with hops etc I mean it's a quite a good closing closing point actually yeah the, some of the the aromas you get from like a wheat beer I'm always going 
you know, that banana and cloves and stuff that they've managed to create with, their, with the type of yeast they're using is, I think, pretty amazing on its own. May not be to everyone's palate or aroma, not being to their, their liking, but you can't deny it. it's pretty powerful. There's a real skill in that as well, isn't there? There's a real skill in knowing that this particular ingredient will evoke this particular flavour, but if I mix it with that ingredient that has that flavour, what I'm going to get is this whole different finish. Yeah. And, and that that is an art. Oh, massively. Massively. Because there's, there's a science there, you know, and a bit of magic still. Yeah. There's always a bit of magic. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's the brewer's art, the brewer's skill, and knowing by doing A, B, and C. Like, like cooking. You know, maybe if I had a dash of something, I'll bring something else out. So you may not necessarily taste the dash, but it may enhance it, what you it do. It enhances another flavour. So, but if you take it out, you may not get as much from something else. Yeah. But you're still maybe just using some core cooking ingredients, the same as brewers using their core brewing ingredients. Um, some really good points, actually. Yeah, I mean, as, as always, thank you to everyone that got involved. Um, there is a link to uh, the poll in the show notes, as there always is. So if you want to have a look at all the comments, click on that link. You can go through, you can see the question, you'll see all the comments underneath it. If you still want to get involved, use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. But before we get into it, we're going to get into the next beer because we've finished our Millionaire. We have. So we're taking a little bit of a turn here. So we've gone on to the, the light coloured beer. It's only the second one of the evening. It is only the second one of the well, evening. It's four beers, so it's 50-50 yep. so far. So this is a Tiny Rebel. This is a collaboration they did with a drinks, com- drinks online drinks retailer. I think they do other stuff as well. They do something, they do some gins. Uh, Flavourly. Um, I ordered a case of their beers recently just to see what it was all about. And this is a beer they've done with Tiny Rebel, who we've already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, this is their 5% Pango Peach and Mango IPA. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Certainly getting both of those flavours on the nose. Yeah, actually. Um, it's reminding me a bit of Tins Peach. Yeah. Oh, it's really sweet. Oh, that is sweet. So, Steve. With hardly any bitterness to it's, um, balance it. It's quite a New England style. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a hazy beer anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely got the soft fruits, hasn't it? So, um, would you like a... This This wasn't easy to do. Would you like a slice of mango? I will uh, have a... Uh, I don't think you can call them slices, mate. I think All that's right. against the trace description, mate. <laughs> yeah. The chunks of mango <laughs> that, that you've managed to butcher there. Butcher off it. All right, tastes nothing like a beer. No. But then I suppose we should have had peaches as well, really. I had them both at the same time. We were questioned earlier on whether this was ripe enough. Yeah. As well. I'm not sure it's not ripe enough, though. No, it's quite soft on there. Yeah. You don't want your fruit to be mushy, do you? Opinions on fruit. The spin-off. Oh, God. Nobody ever needs to listen to that. <laughs> so how does the, the beer taste after the fruit? That that I'm putting out that one's not working at all for for me. However, I'm liking the beer more now because the sweetness of the fruit is taking some of the sweetness away from the beer. You know what? Just as you said that, yes, the sweetness of the fruit has made the fruit, has made the beer more bitter. Yeah. Give me more mango. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let's uh, have a run through what people have been saying uh, to us. 
Uh, Simon Manchester at the Pyman 7 caught up with the Time and Space show. Liked it so much putting an order with Cottage Wines for Belgian beers. Roll on next weekend. Oh, no problem at all. We're here to do a service. One listener at a time. Uh, a similar sort of vein. Dave R at Dave R... One nine three five four nine nine two. How that's not your phone number, Dave? Um, just spent sixty quid at Honest Brew on Strongman on your say so. First of all, we never tell people that they have to go and buy a beer. <laughs> okay, we never do that. Um, two of each, two for now, two for Christmas twenty nineteen. Better be good. We I, can only go from experience that it was very yeah, good. Yeah, but as I understand it, you could easily let it last past Christmas 2019, though. I think it will go well past that. So you maybe maybe you want to have two, maybe part of the way through the year and leave it for a little while longer, maybe. Yeah. But mate, well, or you love it so much you buy more. Well, I'm 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 currently with that in that dilemma with my bottle that I've got of the of the strong man is I don't know when I want to drink it now. Yeah, well, we often have that dilemma because I already know it's really good. Yeah, will it get better? Or is it already as good as it's ever going to get? Or will it just change and develop? Doesn't always mean it'll get better. No, absolutely not. Um, glad to hear you enjoyed a pint of Abbeydale beer, Steve, which was the moonshine you referenced. Mm-hmm. But I think that was from your trip to Sheffield at Christmas time. It was. They do plenty more core beers. The other ones I'd recommend for you would be Deception and Absolution. And that's from Graham Meekin at Graham underscore Meekin. Certainly two beers I'll keep an eye out for. Well, you, Next you, know, you I mean, the pint of moonshine you thoroughly enjoyed and it did look good. Yeah, it tasted incredible. So well. if either Deception or Absolution are as good as moonshine, mm. you'll, be a, you'll be a happy chappy, well, won't you? More than happy. Oh, that bit was a bit sharp. Uh, is that a sharp piece? Yeah. Oh, there's the sour face. Whoa, nobody expected that tonight, did they? <laughs> nobody expected the sour face. Have some of the beer. Yeah, quick. <laughs> What's the mango away? You're going to have to read out the next one. Okay. Um, really enjoyed 79 engaging as ever. In the Columbo mould, a few questions. Ree Fuller's. What about Gals and Darkstar brands? What do you think will happen there? Contract brewing or phased out? Open brackets from Terry's mate, whose name Martin always forgets. Close brackets. And that's from Flying Welshman at Bix underscore Barton underscore SW6. So... Kind of a bit of a question there for us as yeah. well in terms of, 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 of the Fuller's um, show. Uh, what, what do you think about those those other brands? Because they're essentially two very strong traditional brands that Fuller's previously bought, weren't they? Yeah, so obviously the Gales, the Gales buy from Fuller's was diff- slightly different to the Dark Star. I think Dark Star was their in for craft beer, although they'd started to make a few forays themselves. Whereas Gales, I think, was an opportunity to get um, a couple of well-respected beers from Gales as well as a pub estate. Gales, by all accounts, was pretty much falling apart at the scenes when they took them on. I could see Dark Star definitely staying part of the stable, um, and but still being distinctly craft under Dark Star. I could, if I saw anything here, I could see Gales disappearing. I've only ever seen two Gales beers. Yeah. Fullers. Sorry, I've just eaten enough. Another shot. <laughs> so what you got? You got the HSB, which is like the very dark, very malty beer. And Seafarers. Yeah, those are the only two I see. Isn't it? Um, and is the Seafarer the HSB is probably different to anything else that Fullers do. I'm not sure Seafarer is. No, that that could disappear very easily, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, and Gales is a brand which probably doesn't really touch the side so much with Asahai. So if you're a Gales fan, I would say that maybe you might want to be a bit nervous about whether those beers will survive. Yeah. 
But effectively, Gales are contract brewed now because they're not brewed at Gales. They're brewed at Fuller's anyway. Yeah, and they've been for many years. Yeah, well. so, yeah. you know, it's already been contract brewed once. So they could still be contract brewed somewhere else if you wanted to max out Fuller's. But at Chiswick, Dark Star, I think, will will be fine or potentially you may, they, may, they may sell them off or Dark Star might try to buy themselves back out again or someone else buy them yeah um, I think only time will tell really won't it Darts, I think Dark Star's got more life I Depending think Dark Star what they want to do with the portfolio yes of, I think Dark Star's got more life though yeah myself um, and yeah sorry Terry's mate I've still forgotten your name yeah he's not actually told us there, no he did he? that purposely so I know him as Flying Welshman Big Spartan and on Untapped he's the master Okay. Because he's a bit of another sci-fi Doctor Who fan. Still, still don't know his name. No, no, I know Terry. And I know that Terry's the Brigadier or Greyhound One. But he has a real name as well. But you don't always need to know real names, do you? No. I mean, I think fairly much this year, the Crimbo Crawl, everyone has to turn up with a badge with their Twitter name. I, I think, yeah, I think we're doing my, some Hello My Name Is yeah. badges and let people write in their Twitter handle. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell us the name. No. But don't, you, don't, you don't always say us your name. Yeah. <laughs> but good question, though. I like that. Thank you. Um, Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers great to have you back with another fab pod thanks Will pleasure glad, glad you're enjoying them glad you're enjoying it uh, Rob's Beer Odyssey at Rob's Beer Odyssey hey Beer O'Clock Show I can't believe that neither of you recommended toast beer to go with spaghetti hoops I mean what's better with spaghetti hoops than toast well saying it tastes like toast to be honest <laughs> toast beer is just a bit of a light weak pale ale isn't it yeah I've, I've, no, I've never tried it actually. yeah I tried it it was in a beer box box once oh, okay um, it's okay I mean, it's a nice ethos, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it doesn't make me want to go and buy the beer. Okay. Uh, flip side of that, Man Cave Beer Reviews at Man Cave underscore beer underscore. Just finished the latest podcast, excellent as always. Spaghetti Hoops and Porter definitely sounds like a game changer. And Depeche Mode to finish, close to perfection. So what we've done is we've suggested that you spend 60, 60p, 70p on a spaghetti hoops and have some expensive bottle of porter to go with it. To go with it, yeah, and listen, listen to some Depeche Mode at, at the same time. Brilliant. Uh, so from Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia Ice because uh, we asked we asked Sean to give us some more information about Ice because not is he only our resident number cruncher and statistician uh, he also knows stuff he's a bit of a nerd yeah um, Ice in drinks isn't really my thing but as you asked again I looked into it for you and found this blog from doing science to stuff um, but he does go on to say it is specifically about different shaped ice but also about different sized ice bigger ice melts more slowly so it's less of a diluting effect However, it also has less of a cooling effect. So therefore, it's a trade-off between cooling and diluting. And we will put a link to that blog in the show notes if you want to read about ice yourself, if you're a bit of an ice nerd. Or if you want to become an ice nerd. Yes. If you never knew you wanted to be before, now you are. That's, that's your starting point. Um, and then finally, uh, I've already mentioned this tonight, um, from Riverman Brews at Riverman Brews UK, to show our love, uh, we've released the Pod Crawl episode with Beer O'Clock Show a few days earlier, and they released that episode on Valentine's Day, um, which documents my trip into... Oblivion. Oblivion, drunkenness, and going wandering in the middle of London town on a Tuesday, Wednesday evening. Yeah, was it, it was Tuesday. Was it Wednesday? I think it might have been Wednesday yeah. evening, yeah. Um, first of all... Uh, Thank you to Andrew, Luke, and what's the name of the sound guy? Paul. I want to say Paul. Okay. I was um, listening to it a mere I know. few hours ago. Um, thank you very much, because I think the sound has come out really well, Brian. Mm. Bearing in mind, it was the one microphone being done between us. Um, I really enjoyed the evening. Really enjoyed spending time with these guys. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do something in the future with them as well. Oh, without doubt, yeah. Um, and 
It is the first four out of four show for the songs. I'm only two through at the moment because I don't Me. remember the songs from the evening. Okay, but how good was that first mashup with the Rick Astley one? Really good. That's brilliant. Really good. Mashup, I thought yeah. doing that. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do because as well as Steve's descent into oblivion, there is just some good content in there. It's a good chat about some of the pubs we've gone around. Very little chat about the beers. In all honesty, the beers were sort of incidental apart from, well, I say incidental. <laughs> incidental to a point. For some of us. Um, but no, it was it was good fun and we'll definitely do something with them again. So big shout out to uh, Luke and Andrew. Yep. Um, now, I've, uh, I've finished my... Oh yeah, you have, haven't you? Yeah, I think it was mostly to wash away the sharpness of the the, the, the mango. You must have been really unlucky because I had no sharp sharp flavours. Uh, it might just be how my my palate might just be different from yours. I might have different. Maybe I want to have different taste buds. You, you you know you've said before how you like really really hot things. Yeah. I don't. It might just. Be and I did further sharpness and. Yeah. The uh, sour so, so that was that was really affecting me. Okay. Final uh, final yeah final thoughts of beer. It was okay. Um, the, I think the. Maybe the fruit and the beer didn't really match. No, as in this is the one which didn't we're, we're, really. We're striking out though, aren't we? Really? Yeah. Now, imagine. Um, but having had the fruit, it helped the beer. Whereas the strawberry with the freesia didn't help. No, it didn't. The freesia suffered because of the strawberries. For me, the pango was better because it took away some of the other fruitiness and sweetness. That really soft fruitness, fruitiness and sweetness, and left me a bit more piffy dryness as well. And let's be honest, it did taste like the things that it said it tasted like on the can. It, there was some peach in there, there was some mango in there. Uh, more the aroma for me, yeah, rather than the flavour. It's not one I'd be looking seeking out again or no, as a no. collaboration with the fruits. It wouldn't be one I'd look for, but they're not also not my kind of fruits. Yeah. So the great, I think the grapefruit in the higher wire that I enjoy is because you've got that that slightly piffy bitterness as well. It says a sharpness yeah. in there as well. And also, isn't there? You also have got quite a lot of confidence. You know what the underlying beer was to start off with. Next up, we've got Mallow Mafia, which is a collaboration between Brewdog and oh, I've really struggled with this other brewery, Amundsen. Or I think that's fairly close. Uh, yeah, so a twelve percent MP stout. Excellent. Which um, we may have messed this one up a little bit because we literally went literal on the label because it said mallow we went for marshmallows yes it was pointed out to us earlier on this evening that it's also got chocolate and coffee in it yeah as well so what we should have had really was chocolate and coffee covered marshmallows yes which may have tipped us both over the edge that may have been a step too far though yes yeah I mean it's a 12% MP uh, collaborated um Cocoa nibs, cold brew coffee, marshmallow, roasted chewy, full bodied. Here you go. It it, it just smells like coffee. <laughs> There's a little bit of vanilla sweetness. Yeah, at I was going to say there's definitely vanilla. There is definitely a sweetness on the nose. Yeah. All right, should we get in? Cheers. My God, that is sweet at the end. Jesus. That's for me. That's all just vanilla. It's well. Having said that, there is a bit of there's like a, there is toasted marshmallow coming through at the yeah. end. Yeah. Now we haven't had any marshmallow yet. No, Steve. Oh. Been, we haven't roasted these. We haven't, and uh, also we didn't go for proper marshmallows either. These are like the kids' ones that are yellow and pink and white. <laughs> but I did compare the ingredients, and they are exactly the same as other marshmallows. Huh? Swanson's have had marshmallows. 
There's no quiet way of eating marshmallows either, is there? No, because you've got to chew. No. Okay, first thing I'm going to say is this is the first adjunct I've added which has made no impact whatsoever on the beer. No, it's still just as sweet, isn't it? Yeah. So this, this has not made it sweeter. Okay. Or anything. Um, I mean, I think because this has got that, you said at the start, that like roasted marshmallow at the end, this marshmallow isn't kicking up. No, it's not. It's So, you know earlier on when we did the, uh, the, the strawberry one? Yeah. And I put the strawberry in the beer and you said you knew I was going to do that. You're going to do marshmallow, aren't you? Well, what, what, what do you think I'm going to do here? You're not going to put strawberry in the beer as well, are no, you? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I am going to put marshmallow in the beer, but unlike the strawberry... So you're just going to dip? Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to dump it in there and leave it to swim around. I'm actually going to dip the marshmallow in the beer. Okay, Steve is actually dipping the marshmallow in the beer. The colour of the, marsh, the marshmallow has now changed. Yeah, Are you going it? in? I am going in. But I... I I do enjoy the beer though. It's a good end of evening beer. I mean, and just to be, this is one of the ones from the 2018 Advent Calendar box that Brewdog uh, very kindly sent over to us, which will probably last until Advent 2021. I imagine we're gradually working our way through. Well, that's some because of the beers in that fairly box. much every beer is over about 12. percent Yeah, uh, how you could have done those and on a day by day basis? Oh. Oh, yeah, of course. Because it's been an advent calendar. It was 24, wasn't it? Yeah. You'd be rotten. You would. Because there's one over 20% in there as well. You'd be pickled for Christmas. You'd definitely would. Christmas Day, you'd offer to do the driving. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm quite happy to not drink. Yeah, I'm done now. Ever again. I'm done till February. Yeah. Um, Right, now you dipped it in. What did the beer and the marshmallow? It it just tasted like a marshmallow that had been dipped in beer. Yeah. the sweetness, the, the the vanilla sweetness of the beer definitely puts me in mind of the smell and sweetness of a marshmallow. So I can definitely see the correlation between the yeah. two. But it has got that roasted quality to it in the beer, which yeah. changes it a little bit. Um, and uh, do you know what? Do you know the way the label's done? I don't know whether it's something subconscious. It's making me thinking of those like tobacco type of notes as well, the beer. So I don't know if that's to do with the label. Um, yeah, I mean, because the label's like orange and brown, isn't it? Well, it's so. almost like that faded colour of like old wallpaper in pubs. Yeah, it's very 70s. Very 70s indeed, isn't it? The, the, the label. Yeah, I mean, it's... There's a lot of flavours going on in that. There is a lot of flavours going on. That's a definite end of evening beer. That, that yeah. one. I mean, it's just as well we're um, not having another drink after this, Steve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure... I need any more marshmallows with it, though. No, and I'm glad to be sharing it. Oh, God, yeah, I don't think I'd drink a bottle of that on my own. That would be hard work. Over the course of an evening, if it was the only beer you were drinking, you might be able to do it. But it probably would, unless you'd done one opener. But if you were saying, I want something for those last 20 minutes, half an hour, you might find yourself staying up longer. Yeah, or let's let's drink a beer after an evening of adjunct-filled beers. And sweets. And And sweets, yeah. Well, while we're finishing this, uh, let's let's answer some of the uh, the questions that our listeners have had. Questions, questions, fill my head. So first up, from the Cheshire Brew House at the Cheshire Brew, and this will be our friend Shane Swindells that's asked this one. Uh, and this was a this was a conversation that we were having about something. Yeah, what were we talking about? I, I don't remember now. 
Um, but he asked, he asked the question, and what is an IPA these days? When I do markets and ask people what they like to drink and they say, I love IPA, quite often they mean Green King or Doombar. Not West Coast, not New England, not Milkshake or Brute, just IPA. I mean, what is IPA? Okay, there's a few elements to that one, isn't there? Yeah. There's a few elements to that point. I mean, Green King definitely did a marvellous job for a number of years of branding IPA. Yes, So without a doubt. A bit like um, you can buy other types of sellotape, but it's sellotape. Um, or other types of hoovers, but it was a hoover. They've done a massively, massive job, well done job of saying it's an IPA. That that's become the brand, the name, the title has all become the one thing, it's synonymous with it. Yeah. Whereas maybe in more recent times and more recent years, um, and lots of people who either have got into beer or appreciate beer or know a bit about it, most people would probably say that's not really their version of an IPA. And certainly not, doesn't sound like what the historical versions were. I mean, no, uh, that's, King that's IPA, a different element, isn't it? Yeah, but drinking yeah. IPA is 3.6. Yeah. Green King, Green King IPA is just essentially a standard English bitter. Yeah, there's, 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 there's nothing pal about it. No, and many hops. No, if, it, if it's even seen a hop, I'd be amazed. <laughs> um, but, and would, it, would, that, would that beer have made its long journey across and be welcomed in, in the subcontinent as it would have been at the time? Unlikely. God, no. So, yeah, but I can understand why that's what people say. And then similarly, Doombar has done such a good job on the bar in the last five or six years as well, especially since they're... But Doombar isn't an IPA. No, but it's... It's, it's not even branded as such. It's, it's a pale ale, isn't it? Isn't it branded as a pale ale? Uh, yeah, it's not pale ever, is it? No. Same colour as drinking IPA. Yeah, if anything, I would say maybe it's even got a bit darker over the years yeah. than paler. So, so to you then, so if I was to ask that question to you, what is an IPA? What, what's an IPA? My version of an IPA would be somewhere between maybe 5 and 6%, pale, hoppy, a little bit bitter, quite well balanced. To name one, brand oh, it. Name, name an IPA. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd probably go for something that I'm familiar with and like something like a, a Jaipur. So I, I would have said for me, I would have gone punk or Jaipur. Would would be I, I think you, what what you said at the outset there, in in terms of Green King doing a great job of branding IPA. I I think similarly to that, so have Brewdog in in terms of for the, for a for a different generation for a new for a new market. Brewdog have branded IPA as. Punk. Punk IPA. That's that's what IPA tastes like. And, you know, people will argue that it tastes different and that it isn't what it used to be and all the rest of it. And they've, they've, they've sold out because it's in so many places. But it literally is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, in, I, was, I was in a David Lloyd gym at the weekend. Okay, listeners, bear with me on that one. <laughs> I, I, I was actually in a gym. But they, they had bottles of Punk IPA in the fridge at the bar in the gym. How many did you have, Steve? Actually, none. I was I was really good. I I went. I worked out. I was I was really good. I bet you wanted to check one in there. Didn't I you? so <laughs> wanted to check one in. I so <laughs> wanted to get one and check one in. Um, but you, you, you know, but I, I I think 
that's what IPA for this generation is. It's, it's, it's punk IPA. Well, easy jet planes. They all have punk IPA. Yeah. So straight away, they're only see, you're only seeing, forget about the word brewdog, you're only seeing seven letters. Punk IPA. And so it's it's, it's it's hardly forgettable. And the two go together. You don't you don't just say you generally do say punk IPA. You don't say punk. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would say the Brewdog have done a fantastic uh, job on that. And yeah, for me, it's, it's but yeah, Brewdog would would also fit the bill for me. And yes, it it's evolved over time. But it would definitely be what whatever Green King says it is. I'm pretty much at the opposite end of the scale. Oh, absolutely. I'm with you on that, without a doubt. And uh, you know, this is. I'm, I want to throw this one back to our listeners. Tell us, tell us what you what, when we say IPA. What does that mean to you? That must be a challenge, because you know he's, he says he's in the market and he's trying to sell. And we've tried a lot of the Cheshire Brewhouse beers, and I think we've enjoyed to, all to a beer enjoyed them yeah. all, um, and especially some of their versions of IPAs whether they be more up to date ones or the heritage ones to try and convince people that if you're used to a Green King which at least has IPA in the title or you associate Doombar as an IPA and then you suddenly pass them I don't know a Govinda Govinda. yeah it's good I mean it's apart from the fact that it's got alcohol in it there's probably very little similarities yeah I mean it's a taste sensation yeah so that's that's going to be that's got to be a tough sell yeah Definitely. No, no, I'd, I'd love to hear from the listeners on that one. Yeah. What, 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 what's their version of an IPA? I think that would be really interesting to hear what people say. Yeah. See, what, see if there's any like names that spring up all the time and stuff. And there's probably a few we haven't thought about as well. Yeah, feedback, use the hashtag opinions. And uh, we'll, we'll do some feedback on that on the next, maybe the next show or the show after that. May end up in bittering eagerness. Who knows? Uh, staying on the Brewdog sort of theme the next question from was, was from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert who I must say is doing a very good job this week of trying to regain some points in the number one fan yeah but he's been contest. mentioned a lot tonight both here and Periscope yeah uh, latest fanzine box includes a New England West Coast IPA I, I stopped fanzine a while back you're still going with it yep. so, so you've obviously had this beer I had it less than 24 hours ago was it any good yes okay um, but I will, I will caveat that by possibly saying that maybe it's because I'm not such a massive fan of New England style IPAs, but by effectively blending with a West Coast IPA or creating some sort of hybrid balance, that you maybe lessen the impact of the beer I didn't like so much with the beer that I do like. So the West Coast won out? On, For me, on the West Coast definitely influenced it. So you still had some of those soft fruits that we associate with New England IPA. But you, you did have some dryness. You did have some bitterness. You didn't have that sweet cloying. Was it clear? No. Okay. So it wasn't clear. Um, so it was a bitter, murky beer. Yeah, it was sort of at that fine line between the murk. It probably was a similar sort of complexion of beer as it was for the Formbridge Freezer. Okay. So not full on murk. But hazy. But yeah, it definitely wasn't. You couldn't yeah. see through it. Um, I, I, would definitely, I would definitely say that. But if you are a... A big if you never if you found the West Coast IPAs a bit too much in the past, and you're a big fan of the New England IPAs, it may not be for you because it took away a lot of those characteristics that I think people really love about the beers. Yeah. So for me, it worked, and I was quite. I, I actually looked forward to trying it. To be honest. Okay. So, but I do I do know a few people were like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, it worked. It worked for me. Okay, well that was the first part of the, that wasn't even a question, that was the statement at the beginning yep. of the question. Miles then went on to say, is there any style in which experimentation has gone too far? 
Now, listeners, you'd be pleased to know we are coming towards the end of the show. So I think this is actually a good point to put the Brewdog Mallow Mafia to one side. Speaking of experimentation that may have gone too far. So while we're pondering the beer, um, I have poured the last drink. So you may notice I've said drink rather than beer. Now, the last drink is from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Um, Society single cast number 9.5 or 9.50. It's titled Green Jelly Babies and Smarties. The sophisticated nose has honey, barley sugar and dried flowers balancing exotic fruit salad. See, it's not just beer you can write these words about. With water, flower meadows, toffee and orange Smarties appear. Now, that's very specific. Very specific. The palate has toffee, licorice, floral perfume, various fruits, ginger and tar. So this is a 10 centilitre bottle. Um, It's been aged for 25 years and it's 50.4%. And now we don't have jelly babies, but we do have some green jelly beans and some orange Smarties. Specifically orange Smarties, because they're the only Smartie that has a flavour. Yeah. So... So are we, what are we doing here? Are we I doing... think, like everyone, we tried the drink first. Okay, let's let's try the drink first. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that just smells like whiskey. I knew you were going to say that as well. But I'm not smelling much more than just whiskey. God, it has to be really good to get other stuff out of there. <laughs> Sorry. For people who watch the Periscope bits when Steve had the sour face... This is dialed up by a hundred. I mean, it's got one hell of a bird at the back, isn't it? <laughs> Your eyes watering. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Have an orange smarty. I think it's going to make any difference. <laughs> we killed you. I'm out. Oh. <laughs> Oh, the orange smarties are nicer. The orange smarties really balance out the whiskey in my mouth and really take down the burn. I mean, that just felt like pure alcohol. Well, I mean, it's... To, to me. I mean, 50.4. I mean, I've, I've got a couple which are towards the 50% in the cupboard. Um, for me, I've got none of the flavours, none of the aroma. You know, sometimes you with the whiskies, we can have a peaty one, a smooth one, or something which is... You pick out a particular type of barrel, but it's been in necessarily. This one smelt like whiskey, tastes like whiskey, and burn the back of my throat like whiskey. Yeah. The Smarties, though, however, work really well, mainly because it just adds a different element. It just it just adds some orange flavour to it, yeah. which takes away from all that. But bone. I will carry on sipping. You might not. Um, no, 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 no. You you can you can finish wine for me. That's, so that's all you. The refresher of the question was, is there any style which experimentation has gone too far? Yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for me, and it, it was one that came up literally in, in the last week or so, um, from Eyes Brewing, uh, who have just released, um, or are due to release, a Black Brute IPA, which I, I think... We, we discussed this briefly earlier and you said, well, nobody's really nailed the Brute IPA style yet. So why are we, why are we now doing black versions of it? Seems a bit weird to me. Yeah. I mean, that, that feels like it's, it, it, it's one 
one shark that's been jumped too far. Too quickly as well. Yeah. Too far and too quickly. I mean, you haven't... No one's really built up that core brute IPA, something that people will say, oh, you know what? I get it now. I wouldn't mind going back to that. If, if there's ever been... In, in, in all the time I've been into beer... I've never known a style to be such a flash in the pan as Brew IPA was. It came, everybody was making it, and now it's gone. Yeah. And it's it's really weird because normally styles will last for a little bit longer than that, but that literally seemed to happen in six, a three, four month period. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a slow build. It came in big bang. And then went. So it's like one of those, it wasn't like a firework which had loads of uh, extra bits going on. One big bang and then it sort of stopped again. And yeah. I'm surprised that someone is still, I mean, to be fair, I haven't tried it. No, it might be a really good bit. Yeah. You know, are they trying to create like a, a black IPA, but with maybe some of that dryness and, and sprightliness of, it, of the brute style that I think seems to be there in most of them? Who knows? So if someone does try it, please let us know. Yeah. I would be curious. Don't want to write it off without having... But it does seem a bit quick to be doing that mixing and matching already. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. I wasn't too sure about it off the top of my head. Um, yeah, well, jo- I mean, joking aside about this Actually, this no, just, just before you say, just going back to that, in, in terms of you saying it seems to have come a bit quickly, I don't, I don't think... Because I don't think we've seen a black New England IPA, have we? I can't think of one. I mean the 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 blue the blueberry and waffle from Vocation and Yeasty had Vermont yeast in it. Does yeah, that count? Stout. Well, they did say it would be murky. Actually, said that. Yeah, but it was a stout. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think we have seen a black New England IPA. Okay. That, but maybe there is one out there that we mean you just haven't spotted. To be honest, maybe there's one out there in the wild. Yeah, not being fans of the style, it's not exactly something we would have gone chasing. Is no, it? Let's but be honest. I'm sure I would have noticed the picture had been posted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would have stuck out quite a bit, wouldn't it? An Iceman, Iceman, Black, New England IPA pour. Yeah. We'd have noticed that, wouldn't you? Um, no, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there are some. Like I said, the flavours which I don't really like or the flavours which people don't advertise. Um, that, that, Like I said, that particular experiment for me worked. The New okay. England West Coast IPA. Well, going back to a beer that we've tried before, a lot of people said that the Lambic and Stout wouldn't work. The, the, the Guinness and Timmermans collaboration because there's, there's no such thing as a dark lambic. No. Um, and that was, especially having it quite young, when we, the first time I had it, with those chocolate notes coming out over the top of it, the lambic has started started to win out and the latter tastes, I thought that was fantastic. They're definitely going to do it again, aren't they? Of course they are. They've no, got, that's going to become an annual list. That was well received. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose, yeah, that, that would be one which you say, oh, it won't work. And, and it turns out it does. Yep. And again, it's another one. Let's let's throw it back to the listeners. If you think there's any styles out there which have uh, have just gone too far, let us know. Yeah. Use hashtag opinions. Be very interested. Actually, probably a few we've had. Probably yeah. Thought them without a doubt. Um, so you are finishing off the the, the whiskey for us yep. both because I literally cannot go near that. Uh, that was a bit much <laughs> for me. On the whole, has our experiment worked? There's characteristics in the beers. Or, yeah, I would say that all the beers we had, take, forget about the whiskey, all the beers we had had characteristics 
of the main adjuncts they had advertised. Um, I think the pairing that worked the best for me, um, if I think about the two things I like the most together anyway, was the wild beer. I I have to agree. Uh, I think that was the the, the the two that went perfectly. Yeah. Well, I didn't think that one really detracted from the other. If anything, you lost that. Just a tad sweetness on the millionaire, but that didn't yeah. detract from it. The mango, slice of the mango, apart from you being a bit unlucky, maybe and having a couple of sharper sharper bits, I thought actually helped my appreciation. Added bitterness to the beer. That was the strangest one for me. Yeah. Was, was how did that make the beer more bitter? Yeah. That, that was an odd one. But yeah, I, I, I think either we've either, for whatever reason, luckily chosen some good brewers. I think they, they all are. Um, and some good, some good mix of beers. But I could pick it out, what they were trying to do. Yeah. Although the only thing I would say is, I would say the most artificial type one probably felt like the Thornbridge Freezer. Uh, yeah, I've got to agree there. But that might have been the, the, the use of lactose. Yeah. In, like I said, it in, definitely in reminded there. me, once I remembered strawberries and cream, the, like the, board, the hardboard sweet yeah. type thing, that's all I could have in my head. And then especially when you had the strawberry before it, it definitely took away some of the notes, the strawberry notes from the beer. But yeah, I enjoyed that actually. Excellent. So thank good suggestion, Steve. I mean, that was your oh. initial idea, which we then played yeah. about with and worked yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. welcome. It was, it was a good suggestion. Like I said, it's not a line-up of beers I would choose to do. No. I may never choose to do again. No, you, no. That mostly their beers, maybe with the exception of the, 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 the Thornbridge and the Tiny Rebel beers, mostly their beers that you'd look to finish the evening with. Yes. Yeah. Rather, rather than... Rather than go one, three, five. Throw in a mix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the to the end of this week's to show. To the end. So um, what are we up to next time? Well, we're in uh, we're out on the road again, aren't we? We're we on are. Location. Yes. Um, so uh, James Dowdswell. Is that how you say the name? That's how I think you say the name, James Dowdswell. Yeah. Um, he's written a book recently, and uh, it's mainly about pubs, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And we're going to have him on the show as a guest. Um, so it'd be fairly much you know a normal normal show. But we'll get the chance to talk to him about his book and his opinions on what's going on in the beery world at the time we record. Yeah, and, and his experiences within the beer industry. Yes. I've, I've, I've read the book. You've not had a nope. chance to read it yet. But um, he's very uh, he's had a very ingrained upbringing in, in, in the beer industry. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how, how living, living with in the pub industry differs to living like I had with the off-license. Yeah be quite interesting actually with the off trade versus the on trade yeah so if you've um, if any of our listeners have got any questions that they'd like to ask James uh, let's have them again use the hashtag opinions as you can for anything to do with, with tonight's show in terms of feedback or questions or anything uh, we do like to ask our guests questions from our listeners so if you've got something you'd like to ask James let us know and uh, we'll make sure that we, we, we try and ask as many as we can. Yeah, definitely. That should be good fun. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go back to, <laughs> go back to my, the beer. my Mallow Mafia. <laughs> uh, and that's how I'm going to finish my evening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.